Hey everyone, thanks for listening to the very first Cypress Rye Bread podcast. I'm your host, Cypress Rye Bread. This is my first ever podcast. I'm excited. I am a little nervous, but overall, pretty excited. Um, with this podcast, I hope to discuss, you know, multiple different things, not just stick on one topic like some podcasts do, but try to cover a bunch of topics. Try to get people information about a bunch of different things. Because, you know, we're trying to create well-rounded humans on this planet. And like well-rounded humans, we don't just have interest in one thing. We have interest in multiple things. So if you're interested in, you know, science, technology, politics, religion, sports... Even some celebrity gossip, man. I've even got, I was just talking to my girl last night about Pete Davidson and Kate Beckinsale. I don't know how that dude pulled that off, but that's incredible. So, yeah, just like that. If you're interested and you have lots of interest, this may be the podcast for you. But if you're like a robot and you don't have any interest, then this might not be the podcast for you. So again, I said with this podcast, I'm going to talk about a lot of different subjects. Um, I kind of pointed out a few like uh, politics um, just to give you guys a little insight. My mother and my father are both Christian and they are right wing conservatives. My fiance is an atheist and she is like uh, she's a Democrat. She's. She really likes Bernie, so she's kind of gone to that socialist Democrat thing where they want the government to kind of pay for everything. And I am an agnostic libertarian. So trust me, you're going to hear an argument from all different sides. I don't want to just give you one side of an argument. I want to give you every side. I want to give you the capitalism side. I want to give you the communism side, socialism side, the uh, libertarian open market side. I want to give everyone, you know, different sides of an argument or of, you know, the way of thinking because things aren't black and white. They are all different shades and we have to recognize that as people. We don't do that very often, you know. We all have our disagreements and like everyone has like, you know, family holiday dinners, um, you know, someone will start talking politics and then the next thing you know, someone's upset, your mom's crying, your dad's trying to fight your uncle and it's just, it's chaos because of politics. And I think a lot of that is because we have had these conversations over and over and over again to the point where I think we've all been beaten down by it. So I'm hoping people can get a little more insight to their neighbor and create maybe a little bit more empathy or maybe just try and see what it's like, you know, in their shoes. We're all very different. And I'm going to have some guests on this show. Um, 
friends of mine. Uh, I'm going to get professors. I'm going to get people who are professionals in different topics. And, you know, hopefully, because they can say it better than I can, but hopefully they can give you the knowledge and the information that you're looking for and they're a credible enough source. So again, just to give you a little bit into my background and who I am. Uh, again, I am Cypress Rye Bread. Uh, my real name is Ryan Olson. Uh, that nickname was given to me by my father and my older sister. When I was 12 years old, I uh, my dad would call me Rye Bread. And not a bad nickname. I mean, there's a lot worse nicknames to be called. Rye Bread, all right, I'll take it. And... Uh, one day when I was 12 years old, I was listening to Rock Superstar by Cypress Hill. And I'm, I have the music turned up loud. I'm just head banging. I'm having a good time. And I kind of got into character. <laughs> kind of like we all have with anything. We have all kind of like, oh yeah, this is great. And you kind of get into that character like wizards and like from harry potter i'm all into that too though but i came out i'm wearing a skull cap beanie and a wife beater with my pants sagged and i'm just out there having a good time and that's when it evolved to cypress rye bread i grew up in the northern suburbs of chicago I was a registered Republican in uh, Illinois, and then when I moved down to Tennessee uh, six years ago, I ended up changing, and I'm actually a registered Democrat in the state of Tennessee. So again, registered Republican in Illinois, registered Democrat in Tennessee. If you think about it, Illinois is a blue state, so I went red. Tennessee is a red state i went blue it's not that i'm some kind of contrarian but i just feel like with these two states they're both kind of at like their extremes illinois or chicago i should say is pretty far extreme left and tennessee is pretty far extreme right so just being myself trying to find balance so i just put myself on the other side uh also a lot of that was because of hillary when she was running, I didn't want to vote for her. I thought she was a terrible choice. And I voted for everyone else against her in the primaries. And But when it came down to the actual presidential election, I voted for my boy, Gary Johnson. Feel the Johnson, everybody. <laughs> yeah. So, but like I was saying, so my family, my parents, my mom's actually a Jehovah's Witness. My grandfather was an elder. I grew up with that in my home. Um, I grew up in a pretty conservative home. And now I'm engaged to a left-wing person. And she's amazing. I love her to death. She has helped better myself. Helped me better myself. In multiple ways. Because she's helped me look at things differently. And I believe with a lot of people, when you grow up in the same area and you're around the same people, you hear the same message over and over again. It doesn't really evolve. So when I moved here, 
I moved to a place where I was actually kind of with the majority, with a lot of my beliefs. Now, social beliefs like, uh, you know, gay marriage, transgender things, I'm more liberal about because I think everyone should be allowed to have their personal freedoms. And I don't think that should ever go under attack. But at the same time, I do believe in having a strong military and being conservative with our money. But I am not for big government. I'm for a small federal government that mostly kind of mediates and protects the country as a whole. Kind of like the UN. Although hopefully not as invasive as the UN. But Again, it's just a difference of ideas, difference of opinions that help people evolve and grow like myself. And I'm very thankful for her. Uh, my parents, with their, you know, that foundation that they gave me, I believe is a good foundation. It's very strong. Um, but there are their flaws, like in both sides. Uh, being libertarian and living uh, here in the South is actually uh, pretty normal. It seems like everyone here, if you're not Republican, they're kind of libertarian. And that's kind of what I've even noticed in Chicago, is that if you're not liberal, you tend to be more libertarian, more middle, more centrist, because you have so many, you know, so many people there who are of the left wing, and they really do, they'll push their beliefs, but they do here as well in the South, or right wings do. They, everyone does it. But you, and you, the thing is, you don't want to really, be, like, you don't believe it, and you don't really want to fight anybody on it. So you tend to fall yourself in the middle. You don't want to try and create controversy. Some people do, and they love it, and that's for them. But a lot of us, we're just trying to deal with our day-to-day -day lives as they are and trying to less complicate them. People have enough going on right now. I don't think we need to add another angry debate show to their lives. I think we just need to show people the silver lining in life. And I find that a lot in, you know, different topics that help get us thinking, you know, Things that help get us thinking or help us feel, you know, emotionally happy. And that's, again, what I'm trying to do. I'm hoping here in the future, I have about four guests that I am working with right now. Um, and one of them is with a friend and a really intelligent guy named Will. Will is a computer engineering scientist or he's a i don't know man again i'm stupid he's he's getting his doctorate in computer science or computer engineering and he's been working you know at this local college here writing code for crypto security and he's been doing this with the NSA and his job is to go after pedophiles and rec and make it so the he can he's trying to come up with a code to 
search out pedophiles, get the algorithms going to find out, you know, all those things and find, locate them and get them taken out or, you know, put in jail, whatever you want to do with them. (laughs) Again, I'm libertarian. We have different ideas on pedophiles. Oh, I hope no one heard that. It's got a text message. Girlfriend texted me something about muffin mix. I don't know why. She's got a gluten allergy and she's sending me stuff about muffins. Anyways, so yeah, I don't even know what I was talking about. Now I'm lost. <laughs> Anyways, but yeah, so this podcast, you know, oh, Will, that's what I was talking about. I was talking about Will. Oh, I forgot that. Will's a smart freaking guy. The first time I met him, it was he was doing a summer job for me and this kid was just too smart. I'm like, dude, I don't even know if I can put you to work (laughs) because I don't want to mess up your brain. And that's how smart this guy is. And he's a really nice guy, really great person. I really hope I can get him on here soon so you guys can all meet him and he can give us some insight to his world and how he's trying to help make everything better. Because the internet right now is like almost like the Wild West. Uh, before net neutrality, it was a little bit worse. Uh, things have been rained down a little bit. Uh, for those who aren't familiar with net neutrality, I suggest you look it up. Because I cannot describe it in the best way possible. Other than a third party is going to basically have more control over what you can and can't see on the internet. Uh, third party can be your cable provider or your local governments or so on and so on. Um, just people more in power. But anyways, uh, so will be really interesting to talk to about that. Uh, I also have some really, uh, I have some blue collar people that I can't wait to bring on and discuss certain things like, um, the automation issue that we're having, the automatronics, the, self-driving vehicles, the self-checkout, you know, registers. And this guy is a commercial truck driver. And we've talked about this. And he has said to me that he doesn't believe it's going to happen. And he's got a lot of really good insight. He's been doing this for a long time. He's uh, another really good friend of mine. Country boy, you're going to know when he's on because his voice is just, he sounds like he came out of a Western. Not really, not what, but he is definitely a good old Southern boy. He's a nice guy. Again, great dude. Uh, big sports fan too. Uh, he's actually a Raiders fan. So we will be talking a lot about, you know, football, uh, college and NFL, as well as, um, you know, other different things that involve sports. Jason is a Republican or Libertarian as well. So he and I tend to agree on some things as well. And we also disagree. Um, he's a very insightful, very wise guy. Can't wait to get him on here. Well, now I'm done with that intro. Let's get into some stuff. Um, again, I just like to talk about, you know, more current events, things that are going on right now. I don't try to pick on one side of an argument or another. I'm going to try and stay by unbiased with everything. Um, there are some topics, like I said, that I feel are unbelievable. And it's like, I can't keep an unbiased opinion on it. A uh, perfect example 
are these Ilhan Omar anti-Semitic comments. All right, let's unpack that. So the recent comment or tweet that got Ilhan Omar in trouble, again, if you don't know who she is, she is a uh, congresswoman from Minnesota. She is a woman of Islam. She represents one of the largest, if not the largest, Somalian-American community in the United States. And right now there's an issue with Israel and Pakistan, if you haven't turned on the TV and what's going on, but it's, it hasn't stopped. It's been going on, I think, ever since we gave Israel land. And it's shrinking, which is true, but there's a lot of back and forth aggression towards each other. And Ilhan Omar said in a tweet that our democracy is built on debate. I should not be expected to have allegiance, pledge support to a foreign country in order to serve my country in Congress or serve on committee. All right. That is the anti-Semitic comment. Yeah, it's pretty ridiculous. Uh, That was, I guess, the second anti-Semitic comment she made. The first one, it was in regards to a Jewish lobbyist and his interest in the U.S. backing Israel. And her comment was, it's all about the Benjamins. Again, completely taken out of context. I mean, yeah, the guy's Jewish. Okay. But you know what? I don't understand why people are so upset about that. In in this last comment, again, completely stretched out, completely taken out of context. And there are people who I really respect and love to listen to, like Ben Shapiro, who are, have their arms all up and just losing it. And I don't understand why. I know he's Jewish. But, come on, this is 2019. Ben has heard... Probably way worse things about being Jewish growing up as a kid. I mean, Ben and I aren't far off in age. So, surely. I'm pretty sure the things I've heard is pretty close to the things he's heard. And I'm not Jewish, but I grew up in a very, you know, there's a heavy Jewish population in Chicago. And there are a lot of assholes in Chicago. And they will straight up say horrible things. And it's, it's not right, but it's also not right to take something like that and then just use it as a, like a smear. It's so taken out of context. It's ridiculous. And it's really making the right side look pretty weak and soft right now. And I've been going on Twitter. I've been asking all these, uh, senators and Congress people, but in, um, and people from like the daily wire, it's like, Hey, Cite the comments, cite the anti-Semitism, because I can't find anything. All I see is soft, little whiny girls on the right side. And no one's gotten back to me. I mean, granted, I'm a nobody, so no, they don't have to respond to me. But even nobodies like me who are tweeting, still no one's giving me an answer. I'm, I'm not Jewish, so I'm not offended by what she said. And where I live in Tennessee, 
I don't have, there's not a very big Jewish population. Wish there was, because then there might, you know, be uh, a little bit more, uh, more sense to have this conversation with people. Because people around here, A, don't even know the comment that she made. And B, are just sitting and hearing what their right-wing media, media is telling them. And it's not right. Because people I've told this to, like my buddy Jason, I said this to him. And I was like, dude, this is what she said. And he's like, well, I don't get it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, not, it's 2019, not 1939. A comment like that might have had a little bit more weight to it back then. But right now, we're so... I hate to say this, but it's so true. We are so out of touch with our country's past. Because where we're going in the future... We're almost like a completely different country from 20 years ago. The technology boom, uh, the knowledge everyone is gaining, the amount of people who are educated in this country versus 20 years ago. 1999. It's unreal. Women now are more, edu more college educated than men. That wasn't the case. For the longest time in this country. And you're just seeing how everything is changing, how everything is evolving. And our conversations aren't even the same. The word fag is completely different. It meant something completely different than what it means today. And there's a lot of those words. And there's a lot of conversations that we have as people now, that is relative to 2019. And people, I don't know, it's like they're living in the past. And they're, like, they're hearing these things and they're jumping on it because they're mostly just trying to get her out. Because I believe it's because she's a Muslim woman. And I don't think they like that. I haven't seen any anti-Semitic comments. I've been looking. Can someone please bring it, bring it to my attention? So I can finally close this opinion. Because right now, I'm standing up for Ilhan Omar. You hear that? If you're listening, I've got your back. Because I don't think you've said anything too crazy. I've heard Donald Trump say far crazier shit than that. And yet he's still in office. And yet everyone's losing their damn mind. A lot of it, too, could be because of the fact that, let's be real, the majority of Jewish lobbyists are Democratic. So, where does that leave Ilhan? We'll see what happens. I'm curious. They're about to, I guess Pelosi setting out a, uh, they're going to have a big, uh, a big meeting, a big to-do about it. I don't know if they're going to reprimand her, but it's crazy. It's so crazy. This whole, this whole election that just happened and how all these, like these different people have come in, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, that girl, 
she won my heart very early because of the love that was coming out of her voice, the compassion. She cares about people. And that's why I loved her. That's why I am a big, that's why I'm still a fan of hers. Give, even given the Green New Deal, which, oh man, that's, that's, that's atrocious. <laughs> it was a good idea. But, you know, the last time the Green Deal, there was a Green Deal, Obama put it out. And it was, there were some things on there that weren't very far off from this. And there's, you know, correlation, especially when it comes to becoming uh, less dependent on fossil fuels and go more towards sustainable energy, which 100%, I agree with that 100%. But the federal government shouldn't enforce it. I think if you want that, if you want your people or if you want the country to adopt these rules, then you, you, you have to let them and you can't force it. And if they don't want to participate, then they don't participate in other things that the federal government has. That's the whole point. You can't, what the federal government can't tell what works for Tennessee because it's working in California. You can't do that. You can't have rules for Alabama affect Rhode Island. It just doesn't work. And with the federal government and like this Green New Deal, trying to get everyone or trying to push it to get everyone on board with this isn't the best approach. And I'm all for the green renewable energy, a hundred percent. I think we need to clean our planet. I, when it comes to climate change, we are messing, we are fucking with our environment. There's no way, there's no way around it. We are doing that. Now I've heard some scientists say we can reverse it quickly. We have other scientists say there is no going back. I don't know what the answer is. All I know is that from what all scientists have said is like, yes, what we are doing is in fact is affecting the environment. So with that said, I'm going to take their word for it. Cause again, they're much smarter than me. Now, granted, there are some people who, you know, you say they're pretty smart or I keep telling they're pretty smart, but sometimes I just don't see it. So these are relatively people that I can trust. I mean, a lot of people tend to trust them. And I mean, like, I mean, look at Bill Nye. Look what just happened to Bill Nye recently. He got chewed apart because he wasn't answering questions. Uh, I, I can't remember what interview it was. Uh, was it an NBC interview? MSNBC interview? He did about climate change and he couldn't like factually state any evidence. It's like, that's not a good look, man. I love Bill Nye. I grew up with Bill Nye. I love him. But that's a bad look. You can't be somebody who's going to talk about climate change so you're blue in the face and not come prepared. And maybe that's all it was. Maybe he just wasn't prepared. But still not a good look. 
especially, you know, with me, the guy who backs Bill Nye, and then that happens, and I get people going, oh, what about Bill Nye? He can't even answer. It's like, yeah, I don't know. That makes me look stupid. And I think that's a problem with a lot of things, is that people don't want to look stupid. And so either we don't voice our opinion, or we align ourselves with somebody that we haven't done our full research on. But anyways, back to Ilhan Omar, her anti-Semitic comments. The right side is all butthurt. They can't handle it. The Jewish lobbyists and the Democratic side, they're all butthurt because you got a Muslim woman in there who's also a Democrat talking, I guess, shit. I don't know. It doesn't sound like she's talking shit. And I don't know. My, my whole thing is I want to see how this develops further. And I think that's how everyone should, because I've heard takes on both sides and it just sounds crazy to me. The whole thing just sounds crazy. Now, another big news that's happened recently, New York passed the late term abortion. I, first of all, I'm, I'm a pro-choice person. Uh, people have been having abortions since we started having children, okay? People have fi- tried to find ways to not have babies since we found out we were having babies. All right? So the idea of abortion to me is just, it's nothing new. People are always going to do it. However, I don't want to pay for it. It's your choice. It's your body. Not my finances, though. That has nothing to do with my money. That was your choice. I don't think we should pay for it. And the, uh, I believe it was the Senate who came out with the live abortion fund where they wanted people. Mitt Romney was the first person I read this from. And it was that for, they wanted to, have a fund or account for these babies who have survived an abortion. I'm sorry, but anyone who agrees to sign that bill is a criminal. Here's why. And I've done the research on this. The amount of failed abortions I can only go I can only find that was 2013 it was 1,000 over a thousand like 1,300 1,600 somewhere in there and that was for the year and that was again in 2013 um that sounds like quite a bit it's like yeah but here's the thing technology has changed it's gotten better so this bill they want to introduce for these live uh, born abortions or whatever your uh, live babies or babies who survive abortions, they want to create a fund for them so they can have health care and, you know, uh, be taken care of. Yeah, I agree. But it, show me somebody. I would like to just... I'm sure they're out there. I'm sure they're out there. But in another article, 
dated in 2015, it said that the amount or the rate of abortions has gone down. And that was in 2015. The rate of abortion has significantly gone down. Therefore, the chance of a failed abortion has significantly gone down. Especially with how great our technology has become. Now, I understand this may be a morbid conversation for a lot of people. And it is upsetting. I do not. I do not. Let me make this clear. Think that some baby should be punished or should be treated in a poor manner like that. But it's also not my choice. And to be honest, Hitler, Stalin, Mao, you know what they all have in common? They were all babies once. So, yeah, I guess that's the other side of the coin to that argument. And the fact that we don't have failed abortions anymore. It just doesn't happen like it used to. Our technology is too good now. The tools the doctors use are just too efficient. The doctors themselves have become more efficient. So, when I saw that bill, I called... Bullshit. And you'll find that with our government, when there is ever some kind of controversy or controversial bill or law, you know, or theory that's been put out, if that passes, you can almost bet on it that right around the corner, you're going to find another bill or law that opposes it. Now, what's happening there? Now, granted, you got people who are trying to do best by their constituents and their morals, and that's great. But this abortion fund, live abortion fund, doesn't make sense to me. It just sounds to me like another account for politicians to stick their hands into. I live in Tennessee where every child under the age of 18, has free health care. Tennessee has a lot of, believe it or not, socialist ideas. They have free college here in Tennessee. They also have free health care. These are all real. And... With each of those ideas, there's always been some kind of backlash. But what I have found is that it's just a way, you know, for the government to get money. And that's not right. What happened to orphanages? What happened to that? I've Honestly, I haven't seen one. I've, I've maybe seen one or two in my entire life. That's acceptable. If you don't want to have an abortion, go have the option to do that. But the idea that we should have some kind of a fund or a bill to, you know, protect the live abortions or the failed abortions is crazy to me. 
Because how much money are we talking about? That's what I want to know. Because at this rate, we're only really talking about uh, hundreds, less than 0.01% of our population. It's a shame, yeah. But this stuff happens all over the world. And I think people need to stop being so sensitive about it and so shocked when it happens. It can be a tragedy. It can be very sad. But at the same time, you know, it's something that's going on all over the world. And people are going to do it. Regardless if there are laws or not. So I say, why not just make it legal? Let these people go do their things. They can pay for it out of their pocket. Because I'm not going to pay for it. I didn't have sex with them. Maybe. And that's on them. We have condoms. We have birth control. I said, if you want to do that, you, you want to help abortions? What, what's finance, you know, contraceptives? You know, what's do what our taxpayer dollars? It's like, yeah, I don't want these kids having kids. I mean, look at some of these people having kids nowadays. They don't, they shouldn't be having kids. If someone's like, hey, would you throw in a dollar with your paycheck every week so we can make it so people cannot have babies? I probably would give them a dollar or even probably even five dollars. But. I think that helps everyone in a whole. I think that helps everybody. Everyone's affected by that. If you look at the abortion rate, the higher, believe it or not, there's a correlation between the amount of birth or amount of abortions versus the crime rate. And the crime rate in the 90s went down because the rise of abortions went up. And it's a crazy uh you know, a crazy uh, uh, circumstance is a crazy thing, especially because the majority or not the I shouldn't say the majority, but I should say that a lot of those abortions were coming from urban areas. And it does. It does help with crime. Again, you know, Hitler was a baby and he had a lot of crime. It, it helps. It's, there's a correlation to it. Again, if you're for it or against it, it's your choice. I don't think we should. I just, it's pro-choice. I have a dick. And because I have a dick, I don't think I can really say much about women's reproductive systems. Because all I do is put my dick in it. That's it. I just don't think I should have a say on it. I just, I'm not a woman. I don't think I should have a say. Now, I've heard... Again, from the other side of the argument, but oh, well, what about if uh, you get her pregnant and she wants to have an abortion? Well, why didn't you uh, do your due diligence before you slept with some chick and nutted in her? You know? You slept with her. It takes two to tango. And should there be laws that protect the father? Yes, I agree. But... I think at the same time, if you're having sex without a condom and you're a guy and you get a chick pregnant 
and she's like, I'm having an abortion. What can you say? You messed up. You didn't want, if you didn't want to have a kid in the first place, or if you, if, you know, if you're wearing a condom in the first place and you're not trying to have a baby, if you're, I mean, now granted, we all know the positives of not wearing a condom, but there are a shit ton of negatives. So how about instead of, you know, making taxpayers pay for these things and the repercussions of these things, how about we just give people some accountability for once? Men, dude, we got no, we have no say on female reproduction. I don't know why we can even say shit about it. We have zero choice. It's not our bodies. But, and at the same time, don't get pissed if you're not wearing a condom or you sleep with a chick and she wants to have your baby. You know, those trap girls. Yeah, they exist. We all know about them. Uh-oh. <laughs> Sorry about that. But you have the trap girls exist. They will sleep with a girl, sleep with a guy, get pregnant, just trap. I mean, I've read comments on it. I've read memes. It's like, oh my goodness, this is disturbing. But who are we holding accountable? Someone needs to be held accountable. I'm tired of the finger pointing and trying to get, you know, the government to play mommy and hold our hands and make our decisions for us. No, we need to make decisions for us. They don't know what's best for us. Again, they don't know what works in Alabama that is not going to work in Rhode Island. They don't know what's best for us. And it's, again, self-accountability. Uh, but again, I'm just not for it. I think it's uh, that bill, that live abortion fund, I think is just a scam. They put more money in the government. Someone show me. I would like to see someone show me a recent survivor. Show me a recent survivor. Just show me. Because I don't think they exist. I'm like Alex Jones when it came to Sandy Hook. I shouldn't say that. He went on Joe Rogan recently and said, I believe in it. I believe in it. But, you know, it's just, it's, I just don't believe in it. I just, I don't think that though they exist or I don't think that they exist to the amount to where it's going to ultimately affect our country. I think for the most part, most people probably don't even care. Honestly, I think if you stop and ask somebody on the street, they'd be like, yeah, that's awful. Or, ah, oh, well, I don't think we should do that because why, you know, why give the government more money and the, you know, and they'll make the same arguments I've made that the technology is just too good. And I don't think these people exist. <laughs> um, I talk about AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Again, I love her. She's a great girl. You know, she, I love her heart. I love her passion. I love that she cares about people. But 
She's made some comments. She's made some comments. Now I've had to take a different stance on her because it's like, oh, you don't know what you're talking about anymore. You've lost me. And she had my attention. And that's a big deal for a politician. Now granted, it doesn't hurt that we're like the same age. And she had a lot of really good ideas. But, or, you know, I shouldn't say, but it had a lot of, a lot of passion. And I think that's something that we miss now in our politics, our politics now, in our government. We have everybody who wants to look at the numbers, but no one wants to look into each other's hearts, into each other's hearts anymore. There are so many things that money and numbers can do for us, but only we can take care of each other. And I think, and that's where she's at. And I agree with her 100%. And I feel with her. But how people are being treated in this country, it's unfair. But there is no equality. Equality doesn't exist. We can try and make things equal. But somewhere, someone's getting the short end of the stick. But I agree. I would love to make things more equal. I would love for people to have the same advantages as everyone else. I grew up again in the suburbs of Chicago. I've been in the South Side. I have friends who've lived on the South Side. I've worked in the South Side. There are great people there. There are bad eggs. And a lot of it is because a lot of those people don't have direction. And they feel like no one cares about them. And that... It's so painful to hear. You know, that these things happen because they're stuck and no one cares. And that's wrong. That is so wrong. We need to help those people better their lives without government interference, without government regulation. And I think we can do that. Through open market, through private party. But people need to start getting over their biases and getting over their, uh, you know, just their political ideology or get rid of their biases, get rid of their prejudices and just help people. And that's why I like her. But this Green New Deal. (laughs) Oh man, gender equity. Minority equity, not equality, equity, meaning money, financial stability for people who aren't at this, you know, who don't have the same advantages as some others. I think that's how some of our best people, I think that's how some of the best people this world has ever seen have become, like how they have risen and become successful. You always hear these stories about scientists or politicians or, you know, people who, uh, Martin Luther King, their upbringing was poor and it was tough. And they go through all that to help people and succeed and make things better. And we need those people. Because a lot of those people, the majority of this country is 
any way you want to look at it, the majority of the people in this country, we're not financially equal to 0.01% of the country. No work loss. But it is nice that the majority of us are still in the same boat. We're all in the same boat together. We have those outliers who make a ridiculous amount of money and who make no money. And then you have the rest of us who make relatively about, you know, the same area. And that's who needs to take care of each other. That's we need to take care of each other. We can't be relying on Big Brother. Or the 0.01%. We need to do it. The people. Another issue, you know, about people and, you know, prejudices and things of that is let's talk about this wall. (laughs) Donald Trump declared a state of emergency so he could build a wall using the funds, uh, using the appropriate funds from the military budget and the war on drugs. Now, if you're going to build a wall, you're going to pull national emergency to build a wall. I'm fine with where you're getting the money from. Military budget and, you know, the war on drugs. Because let's be real. We've, we're losing the war on drugs. That is pointless, nonsense, bullshit. We are losing. And it's embarrassing. And we're we're still sitting here just trying to like, oh well we should build a wall or keep the drug. No, how about we just legalize all the drugs? You wanna stop the cartels? Legalize the drugs. Take the take the food out of their mouths. But you know what we're finding is these uh with these cartels, you know, the majority of cocaine. And all that, it goes to Washington, D.C. How about that? Politicians, man, getting on that drug game. I believe it. They're a bunch of mobsters, man. That's all it is. It's just a bunch of mobsters. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's ridiculous. We're not winning this battle. We're just spending tons of money on something. And it's almost like it's getting flushed down the toilet. So if you want to build a wall using that money, go ahead. Because you know what? It's getting flushed down the toilet anyway, so why don't we flush it down this toilet? But you know, with this wall, I think we need immigration reform, first and foremost. Um, If you look at, I believe... The cost to become an American citizen is like $20,000, something like that. Well, if you come from a country like Canada, Germany, England, that's a little more affordable. That makes sense. They're not make, not make sense, but you know, it, it's affordable. It's more affordable than if you're from a Latin American country, Central American country, Mexico, Bolivia, Ecuador. You know, where your country's, how about Venezuela? Where your country's so poor. That's not right. What about, if we're going off of equal opportunities, 
for the country founded by immigrants. Why are we making it very difficult for certain immigrants? I think there should be a sliding scale. I think if you're from Canada, 20,000. All right. Which I think is ridiculous. Anyways, we should lower that cost. We should lower those restrictions. We should definitely get on top of that and just make it easier. Make it easier to get in this country. Because you know what happens when you make things a little bit easier? Now, granted, you're going to have your bad eggs, like everything. But people are going to want to follow your rules. Because you're not making it, you know, you're not making them jump through hoops. You're not causing frustration because of your broken system. No, instead, you're just like, hey, you want to come here? You have to follow these rules. They're very simple rules, but this is what they are. Please don't break them. And if you do, we're going to kick you out. How hard is that? Oh, that's right. It's pretty hard. Because what we're finding is this border issue is causing more racial tension. It's causing our more of a divide within our country. But let me ask you guys this. Because again, I believe in immigration reform. We need to make it easier for people to get into this country legally. And I know Trump has uh, put out more visas for people in the tech industry to help get you know brighter minds to this country. But the problem is, is that we're taking these brighter minds and we're bringing them into the U.S. academia and we're teaching them and then we're sending them back to their own countries. We're not benefiting from that. There needs to be more give and take as well. You want to come here and learn, you know, and study and go back to your country, go back to your home country and do great things for them. Because trust me, I want that for everybody. I want everyone to go. I want, I would love for people to come to this country from, you know, um, low in, like this, you know, more poverty areas, third world countries. I'd love for them to come to our country and educate, get smarter, and then take that knowledge back to their country. But at the same time, you have these people who are doing this on this visa, and you have your average American with $95,000, $100,000 in debt. That's not right. That needs to change. And that's part of the immigration reform that needs to change. But I feel like we can't fully enforce our immigration laws without a wall. I ask this argument for everybody. If the goal is to be 100% efficient on immigration, then how can you do that without a wall? Again, the idea is to be 100% efficient. If you're not trying to be 100% efficient, then you can get rid of the wall. But if you want to be 100% efficient and crack down on your immigration policy and illegal immigrants, you have to build a wall. 
I honestly just can't see any way around it to be 100% efficient. Somebody please tweet me, message me, send me something. You know, about this. And if there is another answer, because I will change my opinion. I will evolve. I will change. If someone can give me a better argument. But I've yet to hear that argument. You know, it's like the argument about making all drugs legal. I think we should do that. I think if we make all the drugs legal, one, the cartel thing is going to go down. <laughs> and it's like a $500 billion business. That people are going to do drugs anyways. Why don't we just profit from it? Why make it safer for people to do drugs? Who knows? You look at these, uh, like Switzerland, who has safe doping sites, and the amount of people who do heroin have gone down. The amount of people who are on opioids, like the amount of people who have died from overdose have gone down. I think it's a big deal. I think that's something we should look into. I think it helps everybody. Now, if you just want to legalize, say, uh, like marijuana and say like ayahuasca, you know, more natural things, that's cool. I think that's a good first step. You know, heroin and meth and all that stuff, that's a that's a big leap. For, and that's a lot for a lot of people. But why not marijuana and mushrooms across the board? I don't understand why not. People are going to do it anyways. They're going to grow it and ingest it and they're going to do whatever they want with it anyways. Why not benefit from it? We can all profit from that, from what people are already going to do. Well, that's about enough time I got. I'm toasted, guys. This has been fun. I cannot wait for the next one. And like I said, hopefully I can get some guests going and, you know, we can have a good time. You know, keep the good times going. And yeah, man, thank you. Thank you for listening to the first ever Cypress Rye Bread Podcast. I promise you it's going to get better. We're going to evolve or else we're toast. Have a good night, everybody. And again, if you want, tweet me. I'm, my uh, handle is... R7 Olson. T-N, that is R, the number 7, O-L-S-O-N, T-N. You can find me on Twitter, make your comments, you can argue with me, I'm fine with that. You know, if you have a comment, or if there's anything that you would like me to talk about, or if there's anything, you know, if there's a guest you'd like me to try and get on, I can only do my best. I am not Joe Rogan. But, you know, the more people who listen, if you guys like me, and this works out, then yeah, I'll do everything I can to get you guys what you want. So again, thank you. And this is Cypress Rye Bread.